And ending the show tonight, that was the George Barker Band with Close the Window, Lassie, You Won't Get Out That Way. It's one of my favourite old standard hits. Well, time is pushing on now. And as I look at the clock on the wall, I can see it's nearly time to head to the news and say tatty bye for another week. Uh, we've got the Eli and Paul show coming up next, two sprightly young lads. And I think they've come for me, so it's time for me to go. I'll head over to the news now. Here we go. It's time for the On The Hour News on Cheap Show Radio. Hello and welcome to the news on Cheap Show Radio with me, Henry McGivens. Chodney sighting in Loughborough. He's been seen going round, coming round. If you see Chodney anywhere round the Borough or round here or, or even in a spot off, Take your Chodney helmet and get your poultices all tightly, all bound up, and make sure you get the tenor men wadged up in there. In other news, Richard Brandoff and Jimmy Biscuits continue to be on the run. They are known to be posing as ambulance drivers, so make sure you check the drivers when you have an emergency. And that's the news. Thank you very much. And now on Cheap Show Radio, it's time for... The Platter Spectacular with Silverman and Gannon. All the DJs say this one's on its way. It's the cream of the crop. It's the thing of the pops. Here's tomorrow's top tune today. Hello, it's me, Paul Gannon. And I'm joined by my Cheap Show Radio co-host... Eli Silverman here. Hi, everybody. How and are you, Paul? I'm absolutely fantastic. And welcome, everyone, to our brand new show on Cheap Show Radio, Splatter Pect Spectacular. Try and get it out in one go. It's that big a cock, is it? You can roll it's it. It's that big a cock, is it? Yes. That's, that was... It's that... Try and get it out in one go. It's that big a cock, is it, was your response to that. I mean, I'm trying here. Paul. You're very trying. trying. Every single week you're trying. And you just make the same jokes. It's like you're a dad. You you're make not the a same dad. jokes. I don't make the same jokes. No, you're right. You don't do any jokes ever. You just say Chodney or Boroff or Chuckney or Chodney's a good one. <laughs> or, 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 or Jing Jang McScrivens and his pickle waters. Jamatus Spatatus. <laughs> Spatatus. Don't say Spatatus, right? Anyway, me. hello. Welcome to a slightly different episode of the podcast this week. We're going to attempt to fake uh, doing a radio show. It hasn't it's been just, going it's well, just, Paul. It's just a loose. It's just loose. It's just a loose concept. You make yourself more work. You're always on about trying to get the edit down, and then you're like, you know, trying to coach me. Oh, I'm sorry. I care. Oh, I'm sorry. I care about entertaining the audience and you. I'm sorry. I try and mix it up. I'm sorry. I try and give something a little bit different every week rather than the same old two fucking white guys talking about shit oh. on a weekly basis oh. podcast. Is that who we of are? which this industry is, that what is I'm, rife Is that what with. I'm... You're saying I'm in danger of pulling us back to the mainstream? I? You are, yeah. I, Eli Chodney Silverman Boroff. Is that going to be on your gravestone? Because if not, it is now. 
Chapney Sparrow was a guy. Right, he okay. lived in a tree. A Chapney Sparrow this. was a guy. He's got a vial of wee. Chapney Sparrow was a man, what and he drank this? his piss. Chapney Sparrow was a bloke, and he's he smells of piss now because he's been drinking his oh own piss. Oh my god! You fucking can never stick to the landing when you do a rhyme. I'll it's stick, like, stick to the landing. It, yeah. I'll stick to a landing. You know how? I will make a glue poultice and then I will double dunk like a dairy leaf finger. Oh, I'll come down. Tiring with a, fucking. I'll come down with a big gluey skid mark on the big rubbery gluey skid mark on the landing strip. He's coming down. Oh, he's come down now. Oh, what's going on? Boing. <laughs> I landed it. I landed it, Paul. I landed it. I landed it, Paul. You stupid fucking guttering full of wank. Guttering full of wank. Yes. <laughs> uh, bit of foreshadowing, guys. Creative, <laughs> dull, pretentious, I'm not ridiculous. Pretentious. What? Repulsive. I'm not repulsive. Are you going to call me fat? Countdown to being called fat and ugly. Five, four, <laughs> Here we three, go. It's all you've two, got. One, you big chugger. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Do the fucking homework. You fucked me off. You wouldn't even join Chapney Sparrow as a I guy. I don't care. I'm you not could en- join I'm in. not endorsing this anymore. Chapney Sparrow. No. He was a guy. No, he wasn't. He came in a tree. Boingy, boingy, boingy. Stop it. (laughs) Seriously. Stop it. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast, Paul. I think that's what they're all waiting for us to do. Four minutes of this. Paul. I've given you the opportunity to do the housework. I'm just doing it. The little... housework is simple. The tickets are still on sale for this live show. They're selling very well. So if you do want to come along, get them quick. Ooh. Details on our website, thecheapshot.co.uk, or go to uh, harrowarts.com and look for Cheap Show there. Get your tickets. Hoo-hoo-hoo. We're going to get badges made. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Only on sale at the live show. Limited numbers. Hoo-hoo-hoo. It's the news owl coming in. It sounds like Paul Daniels. Paul Daniels, the news owl. He wouldn't be be called Paul Daniels. He'd be called Beak Daniels or uh, uh, Wing Daniels or Flying Daniels. Paul Flangers. Flying Daniels. Flying Daniels, the the magician owl. owl. The the magician news owl. (laughs) Not a lot. Go on, not a lot. Not a lot of money is needed to pay for a ticket for Cheap Show. You do. You've got a a nice strain of uh, bird-based characters coming along, Paul. I have to say. He's a new favourite in the land of Ganon characters. Now, if I could just do a slight reprise of the Chapney Sparrow motif. Hey, you got an option. You can either do that now, or you can do your Tales from the Dance Floor. You oh, can't Tales do from both. the Dance Floor. You can't do both. All right, fine. I don't Hello. give a shit about Chapney Sparrow. Welcome to the Cheap Show podcast, the economy comedy podcast with me and Eli. Go for the bargain charity shops and powerlands of Great Britain. That's that done. Do your fucking repetitive maudlin story well, that everyone maudlin. is tired of. I'm not of. crying. I am. Use words right. Use I am. words right. I am crying. Well, the story's not maudlin. You are. No, you big the cook. concept is maudlin. I'm looking at what fucking maudlin means. It means weepy. Self-pitying. Yeah, my stories aren't self-pitying. Uh, yeah, I goes up to me. I said, oh, can I have dance cream? And I tell for fuck off. It's funny oh. you should say that. But anyway, go on. Is it because this story is completely rote? Hello, everybody. I'm Eli Silverman. Oh, it's rote o'clock. It must be time for Tales from the Dance Floor. It's the fucking I'm Groundhog Eli- Day of segments. I'm Eli Silverman, co-host of Cheap Show and a very important part of the whole Cheap Show firmament. I do a little bit. You might There's not know. Nothing firm about your. I have a segment. Cement. It's one of the favourite segments, and in fact, it's one of the only segments that has its own spin-off segment, which is just as popular, if not more so, than the original segment. So, I mean, that's saying something. What's have you got a spin-off? segment? 
Tales from the Shop Floor is a spin-off of Tales from the Dance Floor. Oh! No, it's just... Oh, it's, no. it's like the veil to no, fall from confu- your eyes. No, you're confusing us being too lazy to come up with a new title for a segment. It's a spin-off. A, no, it's not really. It's a spin-off. Tell you why it's not. Because the Tales from the Shop Floor stuff is always interesting and there's variety. Sometimes there's lots of stuff going on. Doesn't Yours mean it's not a spin-off. Is a recursive nature of your boring existence. Doesn't mean there's not a Formed spin-off. into a trite narrative that I've become very bored of. I'm just putting it out there. All right, so I'll de- so this story. I'll tell you what. If this story I've got two doesn't stories. register with me. I have me, two tales from the dance floor. Right, if both of them don't register with me, we're never doing this again. What do you mean register with you? I don't have to what? Like a fucking job or something? Get some emotion like out of me. Like you're a fucking site manager. Get me to have a... You're a, like one of those Give guys- me a laugh. With the pens in your pocket yeah. and a big white overcoat and I have to come and register with you. I have to come and register my presence in in this place with you. What have I got? Some kind of car? Now you have another choice. You can either carry on talking or we can we can just drop the segment. There's nobody there's no else time. here. It's just me. I'm the only one who has to talk apart from you. Yeah, but you're saying nothing. So go on. I'm not saying nothing. I'm you saying are. stuff about the... I'm just saying... You can either carry on getting to the segment right now or we stop this segment. You, it's not a segment. You... Get in. Get in gear, mate. Come <laughs> click every trip. Get in. Start your story. I will not be harassed Start by your you. story now. Come on. TikTok. Fucking hell, mate. Come on. Hello, everyone. I'm Eli Silverman. Yeah, we've heard that bit. host Cheap Show. We don't know why we're doing all this This segment again. is... Tiring. It's an important segment of the whole show. I think I'm breaking is... him, ladies and gentlemen. I think he's near tears. <laughs> it's where I tell you about things that have happened to me when I've been DJing. And I was DJing this weekend, Paul. Yes. Um, so I'm DJing. Some guy comes along oh. and he's... he's <laughs> this, this segment peaked five years ago. Go and on. he's waving at me from down down below the stage, yeah? <laughs> he's waving, yeah. Hello, sir. And he keeps going, eh, and they seem to think you can hear them. It's like a very loud club. It, that's one annoying. That's a little bugbear of mine. People think they can hear you can hear them when they're five foot away with loud music playing in the dark. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, come up, come up here. Come up here, I'm gesturating. Onto stage. I'm gest- gesturizing. I'm- come on stage. Come round here, I'm come, saying. Come round here. Yeah, I literally yeah. can't. Of course you are. Come around and come up here, basically. Yeah. Yeah, not I- up round here, but up and around. If here. anyone needs to amend the bingo thing to add come round here to it, please do. What number would it be? Oh, the, bing- the cheap show bingo. Yeah. Thing. Anyway, so... <laughs> Look at the eyes. The dead eyes of you. Come on. <laughs> the dead eyes. Come on. Come on what? Tell your story. All right. So Man he comes, comes up. up comes around here. He does. To your desk. And he goes, can you play? And he says something. And then I didn't catch the title. Something like Sizzle by Lady Gaga is all I caught. Okay, right. Whatever. All I caught was Lady Gaga. Right. I went, no, can't do it. Sorry. And he literally looks at me and goes, that's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. And it's like, I did just say no. He's like, no, it was all you had to say. And then he storms off and keeps dancing. Prick. Anyway. That's the first story, is it? Yes. Right, great. The, well, that the did, second that, story. That almost did less than nothing for me. That oh, washed over me. Did it me. not register? Where do you feel this register? In the seat of your nuggets? No. Yeah? In my heart, in twinge, my soul. Twinge, in, in your soul? Yeah. I don't believe in the engage soul, Engage in Paul. me. I don't believe the soul is real. You don't. So what? Am I trying to engage at something I don't even believe exists? Yes. Oh, is that what I'm fucking like doing? Like your sex life. That's a cheap shot. Do you want to call me fat? Come on, just get out of the You're, way. You, so far, no, the call only me person fat who's again. called you fat is you. No, you you called, you called me I a chungus. I called chumper. you a chungus. <laughs> anyway, the other day, I'm DJing at a different place. Yeah. And uh, this uh, girl asked for Abba, and I, I was quite proud of myself. Yeah. Can you play some ABBA, please? And I did the dual 
gesture of uh, vomiting. Right. And cutting the throat at the same time with the hand. So she comes up to you and goes, can I have Abbott? And, and you I just start going, there, there, there. What a lovely man. Ah, no. That touch you? Is that registering with you? And how did she walk away? No, they asked about eight million more times. Good. Her and her boyfriend. And he was literally at the end of the night. I could see him standing just out on the dance floor with his hands in the prayer sign, you know, the pleading yeah. sign. Praying going, for Abba. Abba. Any Abba? Yeah. Any, any Abba. You should have picked the worst song they've ever released. I don't actually own stick. any. And you know, do you Fair know enough. what? We're not anti-Abba here. I'm not anti-Abba. That's not what I want to get across. But I'm in a place called the Blues Kitchen, which is about funk, blues and soul. And they're not going to play a lot of uh, late I could, literally, 70s, I'm early not 80s allowed. pop disco. I'm not allowed to play Abba. Especially, no. some, especially something like Dancing Queen, which is hugely mainstream, sort of wedding tune. It's like me. I played Shaggy's It Wasn't Me or something. It's like that level of faux pas in that place. You right, know? Well, that's the segment over with, and that's I tell can tell you right floor, now, everybody. it's never coming back. Well, never coming back. I, I won't here's come a, back. Here's the box. Lid on. No, you're not in charge here's of that. Here's me digging. You're not dig in charge a of that. Dig a little hole in the ground. If anybody has enjoyed... A little the, dig a hole in the hole. Oh, I'm putting the box in. It's just big enough. Here it goes. Pat, pat, pat with the Listen, soil. Listen, this patty, hole... Patty, patty, pat. And then I'm going to build a nice big supermarket it on it. It doesn't matter what you Here do. Here we go. Oh, bring it in, Mr. What Mr. supermarket Mr. Tes- is it? Mr. Tesco's. Oh, Here Tesco's, go. right. Yeah, I've got a Tesco's deal on. You're building a Tesco's I'm on build- the grave of that segment. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Here we go. Tesco's Metro. I don't think you've got... everywhere. I don't think you've got the authority. Too late now. Beep, beep, You need planning beep, position. Beep. Here comes in the, uh, here comes the cement truck. Ding dong, ding dong. Why is it going ding dong, ding dong? <laughs> He's building a shop. It sounds like some kind of... Is that the drill? Every morning. Why are they drilling? Because they're not... Oh, look, they've discovered my segment. No, they are Oh, my segment's come back to life like some zombie. Oh, it's devouring. Get the Ghostbusters. Oh. Oh, I've caught it. I've put it in a trap. Oh, now the segment's in a ghost trap and it's in my wow. ecto-containment unit where it will hang out with the trapped dead for an eternity. The end. Mr. Silverman, thank you. It was good, but 300 episodes almost and we're done. Move on. No one's interested in your life. That's not true, or career, Paul. Or That's your DJ not true. Work. They wrote songs for the Urine Vision about... A whole song, which we have got to wrap to the this final. segment up. The ro- open up the Tesco's now. We can't be here when they listen. Open the and also, we doing this whole sort of this whole segment is dedicated to records, music, and it, it goes. That segment totally goes with what we're trying to do with the show today. Wonderful, and it, it helped. It cl- one door. You closed, were totally cynical the whole fucking opened. way through, like you are with everything that excites me, everything that I enjoy. <laughs> Honestly. He's going to call me fat. I can see it in his I'm eyes. Not. He's smiling with his eyes. Nah. He likes it when I'm close to breaking. Yeah. That's what you like. I'm going to snap you one day. No, you know. What do like you mean? A twig. Snap. And then what will you do? You have go visiting hours, tapping on the glass. No, and I'll hang you your book out the window and I'll put a big sign up saying penny a smack and I'll make a thousand pounds a day. Penny a smack. Good callback to that weird game. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just get on with this fucking episode? I'm happy to, Paul. Right. We are doing a kind of music heavy episode. We're going to do a lot of platters today, so let's just get through them. Our first one, uh, Eli, would you like to introduce it, please? Oh, we're going to listen to that first. That's the one we thought we'd, you'd decide. Now, this is, a, funnily enough, one of my DJ staples at the Blues Kitchens, Paul, yeah. is Bee Bumble and the Bees. Is that what he's called? Bee Bumble and the Bees? Bee Bumble and the Stingers. Oh. Bee no. Bumble and the Stingers. There was a different... Is it the same group? Yeah. But they're called Bee Bumble and the Bees when no, they did they're... Nut Rocker. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Just introduce that one because we're not talking about that one well, yet. the first record in a very similar genre is one I picked up the other day when we went on a little charity shop hunt around your ways, Paul, um, up in Harrow. And it is a sort of rock and roll version 
of In the Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, update, they have always been called Bee Bumble and the Stingers and never had the name Bee Bumble and the Bees ever. And they did not rock her. Yes. Okay, fine. But this is what, sorry? In the Hall of the Mountain King by Nero and the Gladiators. And it goes a little something like this. I'll say that, Brutus. Like, uh, where is this king's pad? was so good about that song it's a piece of classical music by Grieg this is the interesting thing isn't it about this song and the other one we're going to talk to they take a classical piece of music and they make it pop as almost as if to say this music was the pop of its time yes and I think it was a a big fad in novelty because it comes from an era this one the Nero and the Gladiators one is from 63 okay first published 63 it's on Decca made in England and you can hear from the voices at the beginning of that record that they're Brits can't you? Because they go, yeah. oh, well, something up the mountain king, right? What, Terry? What do they say? Oh, what's doofy for? What doofy for? No, he goes, oh, I don't know what's the mountain up the mountain here. Something like that. Something yeah? like that. You know, come round here. You know, one day you'll get locked into it mentally. What? And the whole of you in this episode will just be you saying, oh, Chodney, come round here, like in a catatonic Chodney, state. Chodney, come round here. Yeah. No, it won't be. You just need to. Are you trying to say I'm going to go mad again? I'm just saying you might want to start coming up with new tiring, boring, false words to come up with. Chadney? Mm, it's a bit too close to Chadney. Saparpa. We can work with Saparpa. Saparpa. Um, what about this? What about this? Plodicles. Plodicles. That could be a segment. Yeah. See, I'm open to stuff. I accept... Are you open to my plodicles? Yes, mm. I accept stuff from you. You can dunk your Dairy Lee plodicles right on my <laughs> fucking... My plodicles My poultice, my your fucking chin. Brazilian-style narrow poultice strip. Yeah? Rubberised man- it A mankini poultice. It's rubberised, all tacky down the sides. Yeah. <laughs> attack, 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 like that. <laughs> Oh, and the patron saint is Plodicus. <laughs> Plodicles, get it right. I Plodicles. No, I am Plodicles. <laughs> I am Plodicles. <laughs> no, that goes, doesn't it? Because Nero, he was in Roman, wasn't he? He was, yeah. But uh, what I'm trying to get at is it was a big, it was a big sort of thing that novelty records were because it's at the height of the sort of novelty era, yeah. as well as being at the height of the instrumental pop. Pop music used to be instrumental, and I think after that period, it never was again. I mean, there might have been the odd instrumental hit but it wasn't do when you we think were it was because up? they front loaded it with with the instruments so you know it's an instrument focused pop genre because like you know electric guitars were reasonably new and things like that so they were front mm. front loading that sound and then when the vocalists came back in and you know blues and things started to come up and rock and roll and it all kind of melded then that music went out of fashion simply because it was no, more it was about a the period. Artists. It was like we discussed. There was a period. It's the surf period, right? Yeah. Where it's where tequila comes out by the champs. Yeah. Very famous. Where there was a there was a it was a fad of instrumental rock and roll being in the in the charts, being yeah. what people wanted to well, that hear. That wasn't based on a piece of classical music, though, was it? Tequila. No, but there was a lot of records like this. That was a big sort of novelty gimmick: is to turn a, a, a famous piece of classical into 
a rock and roll record. And a rock you know and roll what? instrumental. Here's the other thing as well. It kind of changes with the era because of the genre of music. So rock and roll music comes in, instrumental, electric guitar, all that kind of stuff. You start seeing things. And then the Bumblebee thing we'll talk about in a minute. But also, you head over to Miko. And like him taking the Star Wars theme and turning it into disco or... Um... It's related, absolutely. You're right. It's related and to that. And then, if you want to push it, you can say in the 90s when they had the... Uh, you know the What do they call it? The the, the Tots TV rave, whatever it was. They called it Toy Box Rave or something. Where it was like, Charlie says... And they used the da 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 They used those tunes. They used the kids' then... TV. No, but that's that's different. But yes, it's but similar. It's, on a similar... it's taking some... It's taking... A piece of popular culture yeah. that was separate from pop music and sort of putting it through the pop machine. And yeah. this is the early examples of it because these are sort of, they always pick things like that in the Hall of the Mountain King. So everyone will have n- know that piece of music because it's famous from Fantasia and, is and it so just, on. That piece I mean? of music is just for dance clubs. It's just to put on. I think, yeah. Because it's what a novelty, was it? isn't it's it? Early 60s. 63, 63 yeah. 63, Which I so. think is the height. It's just before the Beatles come in, is the height of surf and instrumenta- instrumental rock and roll. Right. As a thing. When was Telstar? I think Telstar was late 50s, early 60s. Because that would have 61, been... 61, I think. Okay. It's the era of the shadows, when the shadows were dominant on the British pop yeah. charts. And they used to that walking around with the guitar. That's what guitar music was known as instrumental. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it was, uh, it was pre- Because the instrument was the king, almost. Or the, uh, the other player yes. of the instrument was, was the star. Yes. Rather than Which the came vocals. out of the sort of blues, you're right. Came yeah. out of the sort of influence of blues. But it makes... It's funny, because we said in the show when we were doing that trivia game, there was like the people at Decca, why they turned down the Beatles... They said it sounds like the shadows. Too yeah, much like the guitar shadows. Guitar music's on its way out. Music's... But that's what I said to you. What did they think was coming in then? Girl groups. You well, still like, have the well, girl like group. Diana Ross and the. Yeah, you've got Supremes the early Motown girl groups coming through in like 64. And I guess and they, were they big... weren't guitar heavy and if, bands. No, do you you're know right. that the Beatles did a version early on of Please Mr. Postman? Yes. That's a girl group. Yeah. So the, the whole girl group thing is getting crystallized. And a lot of people think that the Beatles. A lot of their early success is because they're like a girl group. They, they're, the structure of the songs I see. and the way they sing them is yeah. similar to that girl group sort of format. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see so that. So I think they probably thought, the people at Decca probably thought you were going to get, yeah, sort of teeny bopper girl group things being a big thing. But I like that. It's got some nice surf style guitar on the Nero. It has record. got that shadowy twangy thing going the on. The twangy guitar, really well it's done. Very, uh... It's quite tight. The drums are quite um, yeah. robust. Uh, if, if anything, it, rocks, you know? it, it sounds kind of, rolls. kind of like hollow in a weird way. It sounds like it's recording too big a space. So the sound I like the kind reverb. Of, I like it. It escapes from the song. I like the sound of that record. I was really pleased. because It's kind of haunting. Pick you... it up for nothing. I mean, it's not in Great Nick. But no, it's, it's not in Great Nick. It's a real novelty. But it's definitely in the... That's British, but it's definitely in the same genre as what we're going to listen to now shall i introduce this next track sure so let's play it. the next track it's by b bubble and the stingers and it's called nut rocker
Now that's in my box to DJ with. That's in your will dance to that Stone the, Cold Classics box. In a in a um, in a sort of rock and roll set. If people are dancing already, then they will go for that because it is it's propulsive. I, think. I fucking love it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's stompy and it's, now it it's the same. It's the same shtick though as the Nero and the Gladiators rec- uh, record, isn't it? Yeah. They're taking the sh- their shtick is they've taken a, a popular piece of classical music. In that case, it's the Nutcracker Suite. Is that right? Who wrote that? It is. I'll tell you what, let's go into uh, Mr. Wikipedia. So B-Bumble and the Stingers were American instrumental ensemble in the early 60s, specialising in rock and roll and arrangements of classical melodies. Yeah, their whole thing was that. Bumble Boogie reached number 21 in the US and Nut Rocket reached number one in the UK singles chart in 1962. There you go, yeah. Um, Talk about an an early American record that crossed over. You can see why. That's a fucking stomping track. Yeah. And people seem to go for it. They they know the refrain from you know. It's like one of those those pieces of music that is lodged in your head from an early age. You don't even know where it's from. It's so it's so widely so, spread. You know what I mean? The recordings were all made by session musicians at Rendezvous Records in Los Angeles. Right. But when the recordings became successful, they had to put a group together. Ah. And it was formed, led by a guy called R.C. Gamble, uh, who called himself Billy Bumble for the sake of this tour. Yes, yeah, so it's so novelty, isn't it? Uh, in 1959, Earl Palmer, Rennie Hall and Plas Johnson, all African-American musicians from Louisiana, were in a house band at Rendezvous Records. According to Palmer, the three friends always talked about how they could make some money and not have to leave the studio. So one day did a rock version of In The Mood, and that single was credited to the Ernie Fields Orchestra, which became a hit reaching number four in the US in 1960. Ah. Off the basis of that, they went ahead and made Bumble Boogie. What's Bumble Boogie based on? Well, I'm presuming it's, I mean, I'm going to fight the Bumblebee. There you go. I've got, again, it all makes sense, doesn't it? I have a copy of that as well, actually. number seven that funnily enough in the charts Ernie Freeman recorded another track and it got to number 21 on the Billboard charts in June 1961 because the session musicians all had studio commitments a team band from Oklahoma who had no part in the recordings were recruited to handle promotion and public appearances I bet they were terrible their names were given as Fred Richards Don Orr and B Bumble a pseudonym for R.C. Gamble the guy yeah, we yeah. mentioned at the top of the show then they released Nut Rocker the one we played at the start and that was based on Tchaikovsky's ballet The Nutcracker there you go and I love it that uh, was released in 1962 in February, went to number 23 and number one in the UK. The UK was a huge hit here. Yeah. Perhaps the Nutcracker Suite was more of a more of a tradition over here than it was in America. Maybe that's why it was bigger. Maybe it's actually just the tune resonated more with dance halls in the UK. There is a lot of a lot of people doing kind of rock and roll versions of other stuff because 
I also picked up this record by The Rattles the other day, which was a, like a rock and roll version of uh, Zippity Doodah. Oh, wow. I yeah. actually would like to hear that. I've got it. I'll play it for I'll you play later. It later. But that's in a similar vein, isn't it? They were groping around for any kind of popular material which they could do in the new teen. Because they the probably style. just thought that rock and roll as a star was just a fad. Well, this and is what it says here. Because this next track, this this single we you found at a charity shop, yeah. is Bee Bumble and the Stingers. And it's called Apple Knocker, right? And it was released off the success of the back of... Nut Rocker. Off the Nut Rocker. And this one was based on Rossini's William Tell Overture. And famously, and William Tell got the apple shot from his head. That's what's yeah, called Apple. That's probably not Let's play a little bit of that now. Yeah, so it's quite um, a clever title, isn't it? So they did Apple Knocker. Uh, however, that record nor the next release, Dawn Cracker, which is based on Morning Mood from Pierre Gint by Grieg. Yes, another one, Gint. I don't Gint. know that Grieg, tune though, Grieg. off the top of my And we come full circle because Nero and the Gladiators in the Hall of the Mountain King is by Greek. Oh, how funny. Yeah. I do love it as a subgenre. Then the label went out of business and then they all kind of split up and did other little bits and bobs. Which label went out of business? Uh, Rendezvous Records or whatever. The the, the one that you picked up is on Stateside, which I think is probably a... That sounds like a kind of British uh, arm of an American label to sell stuff that was Stateside. That is Stateside. Yeah, a lot of the early Motown. Funny, we were talking about the... um, girl group stuff I've got early Supremes on stateside so a version of Nut Rocker was recorded in 1972 by who do you think Gary Glitter the sweet no, no. Uh, mud that would actually be cool if it was sweet or the mud but no Emerson Lake and Palmer wow it was a progged up version I yeah. want to hear that the original version was reissued at the same time and again made the UK charts and reached 19 you see it must be in people's minds that must be why it works it's as been, a DJ it's record. been used in films such as Butcher Boy The Young Poisoner's Handbook and Big Mama's House there you go that's it we found it. We found the connection why it works when I DJ. Big well, because people, house. people remember Big Mama's House. Yes. Not that They've it's actually a really Big good piece house. of boogie-woogie rock and roll. I mean, it works like that anyway. Well, you, it's the type of thing you start moving to because it's just it's really fast, isn't yeah. it? Because that, 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 that Apple Rock is fine, but it doesn't have, it doesn't doesn't have ha- the punch of... It doesn't have, the, have the, the danceability. 
by any but means. But I love it. You're right. I like it as a genre as well. There's something kind of cool when it's really adapted well from yeah. one style to another. Mm. And again, proves that they were still writing quote unquote pop song tunes. Yes, and it's a whole the... it's a whole um, subgenre of the novelty genre in itself, isn't it? It's it's literally taking classical the rock and populist. roll cover. Yeah. yeah, populist, and you just reinvent it with new instruments or whatever. I'm just like Moog. Moog did all of this as well. Moog and then the Moog done... records are related yeah. as well. But it's it yeah. Right. So wonderful. Lovely stuff. Next track then, and I believe we're doing something a little bit different. Oh, yeah. A little bit weird. This might need a little bit more of an introduction because uh, we're doing. Uh... <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to do a little introduction, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. But Eli, what have you got? Now this is a series, uh, an educational record. Yeah, um, Paul, we have covered uh, stuff by this publisher before on this show. You have. It's the Open University. Because the Open University used to like release so, uh, courses or weird little this modules courses for on children. vinyl. These are for children. And the other one was for children as well. The well, one that's I not played. for children. That's for parents yeah. to do to children. It's, it's like it's parent training sort of stuff, yeah. isn't it? But it's parent training them to sing pointless folky songs to their kids. Well, to there encourage. was three records I found. I think the one we covered on this segment years ago was like yeah. uh, folk songs for children or something, wasn't uh, it? Something and it like had, that, Paul yeah. is a dirty, dirty boy. boy. Paul sits around here. Wipe Paul. his dirty bot bot. Oh, Paul waddles along. What is Paul thinking? Paul's got, got an empty bot. head. Oh, the candle boy. burning. The flies are buzzing. The candle burns the flies. Wings Sit inside. Sit in dirty suit case <laughs> I like it <laughs> sits in daddy's suitcase yeah, pretends it's a bus anyway that had some sort of standout weirdness unsettling folk but I think that was folk weird. songs for kids because there's the thing about folk where there's a little bit of a kind of this is a weird feeling it's a slightly kind of it's it's spooky almost it has that folk horror sort of vibe very early 70s that's why I love that other record that so what are we about to so when I to? saw these in the charity oh, shop yeah, sorry, cool. these are a series a different series from the but the same publisher like I say the Open University yeah um, and this is a series called the first years of life like I say it's for, for parents with very young children and it's basically a, a record telling you how to sing and encourage children to sing and be creative and yes and now now, there are three of these, and we ploughed through them when, when the other week, didn't but we? we it, and it only when we early. got to um, disc three, Singing for Your Child, side one, Songs for Lucy, that That's we kind of struck pay, pay dirt there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a selection of clips from that side right now. This is a guy called, apparently, Mike Moran, a folk singer that they hired to do this. Because yeah, so he ha- sings to his child. Have a listen to these pretty brilliantly choice little segments. Enjoy. I don't think that our children are especially interested in finely crafted tunes and lines that scan or very clever rhymes. They're more interested in what the song is about. And I think that we're in a unique position to sing songs which will interest our children because only we know what they're really interested in. So I'll put down my guitar and I'd like to sing you a few things that I know my own daughter would be interested in. Her name is Lucy and she's nearly two years old. She's terribly fond of eating, so sometimes I ask her what she'd like to eat. What would Lucy like for breakfast? What would Lucy like to eat? A cup of tea and a piece of toast. And please, Daddy, could I have an egg? When I'm singing these songs, if I feel very energetic, I do some actions great swinging gestures for the swing song and the appropriate gestures for the horse and the train always goes wiggle woggle so Lucy goes wiggle woggle on my knee and then 
Last thing at night, perhaps when she's already in bed, you could sing about some of the people that she's met during the day or just mention the names of some of her friends like this. David, Diana, Laura, Natasha, Granny and Grandpa and Mummy and Daddy and so on to sleep. Another time when it's useful to have a little song is when your child's sitting on the potty, especially if she's there for a little while. You could chant something like this to help her on. Come on, poo! Come on, poo! Poo coming! Poo coming! So, yes, it's right. You just got to sing to your child and just say things like wiggle woo. <laughs> Wiggle woo, Lucy <laughs> likes a wiggle woo. Yes, yeah, so it's quite simple to write songs for your child. It's quite simple. They you don't just give look two at shits. anything in the room. They and don't go, give two Lucy shits. is a lamp. Lucy goes round. Lucy, Lucy pillow. Lucy, Lucy pillow. And then when you're having dinner, you can just make up songs. You know about anything. Lucy. About sweet corn goes in Lucy's mouth. Sweet corn, corn goes in Lucy's, Lucy's mouth. mouth. Sweet Ooh. corn goes in Lucy's mouth. And a wiggle. A wiggle woggle woo. A wiggle woggle woo. A wiggle. You could say, I have gone to the shop. I have gone to the shop. Why are you saying Jamaican all of a sudden? It's weird. A wiggle woggle woo. And I have got mashed potatoes on my door. Do you think one day, Lucy was just at the dinner table, do you had Shut up, Dad. Father, enough! Yeah, the bit about the egg cracks me up. Oh, the breakfast Lucy, bit. Lucy, would you like an egg? Lucy, <laughs> Lucy wants an egg. Yeah, she does. No fucking shit she wants an egg. She Talking of fucking... shit, why would you sit at a child, stare at it and go, poo coming, here comes poo. the poo. To, he says, he says to, to... To chant. No, chant it to encourage her along. Come on, poo. Mate, can I just say, if you were sitting on the toilet and I was staring at you while you were having a poo and I was like, poo coming... <laughs> Poo coming, here comes the poo. I'd be like, it's not coming now. It's proper like, stage it's fright. Got, it's got right back up the pipe. It swam back up like a fucking brown trout up the Thames. It, it can feel it swish swimming in my lungs. <laughs> Fuck me. I've never wanted to shit less in my life. I've got a weird corduroy. Oh, when does he stop doing this? Folk singer in the bloody loo with me, telling me to poo. It's the way he pronounces like, it, poo. I'll give him credit. He didn't say dropping or, uh, you know, something like that. He was like, poo. Lucy's done the runny stuff, runny stuff, runny stuff. I don't know why Lucy- you've got weird accents. You're just waving in and out of a weird accent. Lucy, I done the runny but when, stuff. But when does it stop? When does he stop singing? Because is when she going to be... You know when it stops? What? Bro? When it's, here comes the asswipe. Here no, comes no, the no, asswipe. No. It's not. It's when she's 16 in her bedroom and outside the door while she's, you know, Do making you out of her boyfriend. The song? No, the boyfriend's, you know, having a kiss and a cuddle and dad's outside the door going, Lucy's got her tits out. <laughs> Lucy's got... Bobby's got his fingers in. Bobby's got his fingers in. Fingers Ding- in calming. Fingers in calming. <laughs> Dingle dangle do. <laughs> I hope Lucy's washed him off. Oh, oh. No. Daddy wants to wash oh, it. Anyway, so I'm just saying. <laughs> 
disturbing stuff. But I think he's not. Bobby emptied his balls. But he has. There's something about. There's something that gets my nostalgia up with these records. You know that because they're quaint. They've got that bagpuss thing that sound going on. to them. Do you know what I mean? Yes, that bagpuss. That quality of. Because I won't leave it in the episode, but there's bits where he does like acoustic stuff to. It's quite nicely AA recorded Milne. as well, isn't it? I mean, the, the sound quality of the record is yes. quite good. It's all right for what it is. Yeah. It's what it is. It's strangely ephemeral because how much are you going to get out of it? How, how you know, it's, it's, it's almost, it's, but it's like the nanny state. It's when they thought that they, you should sort of, it's, there's almost something kind of classist about it, isn't it? I don't know about that. Do you that. know what I'm getting at? It's, it's trying it's, to say people from like lesser backgrounds. This is how you I, bring up a kid, you know child. Or I disagree. There's a, something a little bit uh, patronising in tone. I disagree, because I think you're looking at it from a point of view of, like, now. Back then, in the, what was that, 70s? Yeah, in early the 70s. 70s yeah. No, late 70s, this one. Okay. 77. You look at the culture yeah, of what kids' TV was like in the 70s, and it is kind of quaint. It is kind of quaint and yes, thing whimsical and, yeah. whimsical and, you know, and... and uh, Magic, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Magical. But it has there that is quality. this kind of... It has more folk influences. Much more. In, across the board. Even things like Ivor the Engine and all those kind of just have a gentle kind of quiet... Folkiness, meek, definitely. Folkiness, yeah. which I think goes back to storytelling. Grimm's fairy tales. It's kind of an extension of that. I think it's a shame that that's been lost in culture, in children's culture in this, I, this day and age. Obviously, we don't know what kids' shows are like, but... They're not like that. They're much more sort of algorithm-led sort of... Well, they're brighter. For young kids, they're sort of... The kids like them better because they've found sort of the almost the scientific formula now for what actually... They've got... Engages They've got findings from like neurological studies on kids. Yeah. And the people who are making the programmes know. It's like Teddy Tubbies is the first of that new generation of just stuff that it's got no interest to adults. But what gets me... And it's almost like this this stuff from the 70s, like bagpusser stuff. Yeah. It was almost good, could appeal across the board to some extent. Yeah, because it just it was just part of a different time of but storytelling. But I think if you showed it to a child now of that age group, they'd find it extremely boring because they're used to the hard stuff, so to speak. Yeah. that really is sort of designed scientifically to appeal to to their but that their brain. That is the nature of like just generational growth and change, isn't it? Though, so it was more acceptable back then because that was the traditional type of story. Like Jack and Ori, it has it exactly has those yeah. quieter, but calmer. I, but you did put your finger on it when you said it was more connected. To a sort of folk thing, but there was more folk stuff. All the hippies were all folky, and it was all that. It's all that a bleed was... off of that. Yeah, it's all a bleed off of that hippie movement and flower power yeah. and all that stuff. So that why I, it, so it I makes... like that record. Yeah, no, like it makes it. sense. It's a lovely thing, but it it micro dates it. We haven't said we haven't purpose. said whether these are platters or splatters. What we usually do, listener, is uh, on this when we talk about these we records. Could sum up at the end, couldn't we? As a big finale, we could sum it up. Okay, shall we wait then? Yeah, and we'll give our give we we give it one of two grades, either either a platter or a splatter. Uh, if it's a platter, it means we like it on the whole, and if it's a splatter, it means we don't like Sometimes it. Sometimes, what we like to do is we like to just make songs about the things we see. <laughs> is it a platter or a splatter? Is it a platter or a splatter? Platter, splatter, platter, splatter. Lucy, don't come in in daddy's shed. Lucy, don't come in daddy's shed. Get out of daddy's shed! <laughs> Anyway, should we go on to the next track? Yes. Uh, this one, if you watch the seventh birthday Twitch stream, you saw given to us by comedian and friend of the show, Tom Mayhew. And we're going to tackle it now. It is called, oh, let's get this right. The, well, it's called I'm the Noodle Doodle Man. It's a flexi disc and it stars, why, John Pertwee singing a song for Heinz. And it sounds, unfortunately, a lot like this. <laughs> I'm the Noodle Doodle Man, yes the Noodle Doodle Man. 
I take spaghetti and I doodle cars and boats and stars and trees and lots and lots of shapes like these. I'm a noodle doodle man. Noodle doodles come, of course, in love behind tomato sauce. You'll love my recipe for snacks or lunch or tea. Heinz noodle doodles, yum yum yum. Food that have been such fun. I'm a noodle doodle man. Yes, the noodle doodle man with a doodling mind and shapes of every kind. A triangle for a start, then a ladder and a heart. A pussy cat, a bowler hat in Heinz tomato sauce, of course, a diamond and a mouse. Here's a horseshoe and a house. I give you all the shapes I can. I'm the noodle doodle man. Now, not to um, be ungrateful to Tom for buying that. It's a lovely little. It's a lovely. It's thing. a lovely little thing. The flexi, and it's got the the lovely cover. Paper bag cover with the with the noodle doodle man himself. But that it's record is insufferable. fucking aggravating. <laughs> it's it's what works as a 30, 40 second advert becomes intolerable. Absolutely and, intolerable. And it has the gall to have a fucking key change at the very end as oh, well. How dare you? His noodle doodle man voice just starts to grate about fucking, you know. About 20 seconds in, you're right. It's my best best impression of uh, John Pertwee. God, he's just getting a paycheck there. Well, ah, right. Ah, he did it for no money. No, he did it for no money. He did it for the The, love of noodles. He did. He did it for the love of fucking noodle doodles. Oh, fuck off, did he? First of all, let's explain what the the whole thing was. Was he a Doctor Who, Pertwee? Yes. And he was also Wurzel Gummidge? Yes. I, what was your thoughts on Gummidge? Can we get there later? Oh. I want to just talk about what we're talking as about As long as we're first. coming round to Gummidge. We're going to come round to Gummidge in no time at all, all right? But just wait okay, sure. your hurry. Wait my hurry. I'll wait your hurry, mate. In the late 70s, Heinz in the UK released a thing called Noodle Doodles, which were spaghetti shapes that came in like, what? I'm just, I'm amazed. You're shaking your head as if these aren't facts. And no, I'm not disagreeing. I'm shaking my head at the existence of those. They're essentially a fucking... Source-based Lucky Charms. Or, yeah, or, they're just uh, shapes. R- uh, round Trees Randoms. It is the uh, mini pasta and tomato sauce. All different shapes. And you know what I was thinking when I listened to the record? Because he names a lot of the shapes on the record, of course. And one of them is... But it uh, could be a horse. It a could be a boat. A horseshoe, he said. Yeah. And you know what that made me think of, Paul? That thing I saw where some woman said, I have to scrape out this waxy stuff out of the horse's foreskin. Of course you thought of that. You can't think of Black Beauty riding stridently across a field to bold, passionate music. All I can you think of... You think of this fucking mucus coming out of a... big waxy chunkers. <laughs> coming out of a big She's horse's cock. Fucking foreskin. Coming out like a squeed zit. Infected foreskin full of fucking yellow chunkers wax. But in a more less disgusting and more general point I'm trying to make, I think, Paul, yes. is it's strange to have a horse's shoe in your food. Do you know what I mean? To but think, again, this goes back to the 70s taste. Kids like boats and balls and horseshoes and planes and the moon. Uh, but they've got several shapes and it's almost like little collections. It's like a it's like a charm bracelet or something, isn't it? It's weird. It's it, just fun food form. for kids, isn't it? And I definitely the point. had them. Uh, you know who's relate, what's related to that product? Alphabetty spaghetti. It's, yeah, it's from the same genus. I bet there's lo- there were letters and numbers in the noodle doodle. Ma- no, mix. just shapes. Just shapes. Yes, but there were shapes: horseshoes, 
triangles, squares, that was it. Yeah, and this was an advertisement campaign, an animated uh, campaign where you saw a kind of noodly man sing about the things he could turn into. Fair enough, but it was surprisingly popular. There was so much merch for this. There was puzzles and card games, and obviously this single that was released. He's the noodle oodle man. But I don't think this was a proper single. This would have been. Was this a sendaway item or something? It seems weird to want to buy this to make it go to the top of the charts. No, it's definitely ephemerate that came with something, if not send away, because it's a flexi. That's the clue there. 1976. The clue is it's a flexi. They wouldn't. And it's got a B side. If they released it as a novelty tie-in record, then it would be on a normal record. Do you see what I mean? They would have actually published it on a normal piece of vinyl. And the B side's different. It's called uh, The Noodle Doodle Man Goes to the Moon. And if you thought the A side was intolerable and shit... You were right. The B side's even worse, isn't it? Let's play a little bit of that now. The Noodle Doodle Man decided one fine June to be the very first Doodle Man to doodle on the moon. He made himself a rocket ship, and as he left on his lunar trip, he shouted, Now we'll have some fun! Five, four, three, two, one! And we have liftoff! Oh, what fun! Oh, what sport! I'm the very first doodle-not! Travelling up at a furious pace! That man on the moon! Watch his face when I doodle! I mean, I was hoping for more sci-fi very, noises. You know, I, you didn't no. hear any aliens. You didn't hear any outer space noises. No clanger you know, whistles. Clanger whistles. Exactly. Nothing. Do you know what I mean? You'd want that. But you no. want the sci-fi. No, they lazy. They tossed that off the second. That side. is the very, very, very. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like the, the clearest example of. What do you mean you've got to do a B-side? I know. A B-side? But he, but he really probably thought he didn't have to do one because it's a flexi. And flexi's it's unusual to get a double-sided flexi like that, isn't it? Very rare. Yeah. Very rare Which indeed. Which is why you have to give it its own envelope because you can't just stick it in the cover no, of a magazine. These are the ones yeah. that damage quickest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The double-sided but, ones. Yeah. So John Pertwee in, the, in this country is well known for being the third doctor, the action doctor. So Pertwee I never knew as... Did he do gummage after the doctor then? Have we come round to Gummage He yet? did the Gummage after the Doctor. But one quick thing. He's released a few albums. He was, he was a singer. He was a singer. He was in, like, Oliver. He played, you know, he played uh, Fagin in Oliver. Of you course know, he did. He can typically. But also, he released an album called John Pertwee and Friends Sings the Beatles. Oh. And I really have to see what that is now. I want to find that. I'd love to see that. that, yeah. I'd like to hear that. And the little reeks be... It's probably like that. But I find his voice annoying. That's only in that. That's his spotty voice. He also did Spotty from Super Ted. And that's uh, that. Of course. Super Ted from Ted. Something like that. I don't I used know. to watch Super Ted. We all love Super Ted. Banana Man. Banana Man. The great British heroes. Why is there no fucking Justice League with Super Ted, Danger Mouse, Banana Man? Wow. Uh, this must be not be an original idea. Someone must have thought of this. It's probably impossible. all owned by different people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's never going to happen. But come on, imagine it. They should. They, they should, should do it be for the it. sake of the can't British just, film industry. You can't just have three. You've got, so you've got Banana Man, Super Ted. Definitely. Who else? What did we just Super say? Gran. Super Gran goes in there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? It's good, this shit. Have we had Danger Mouse already? Danger Mouse, yeah, we said Danger That's Mouse. That's that first is Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse, I'm losing track. Danger Mouse, Super Ted, Super Gran, Banana Man. That's it so far. The Quattro. We need one Call more, them the though. Quattro after that drink. 
Umbongo um, group. No, we're not going to call them the Umbongo heroes. Now, Paul, one thing that has just occurred to me, yeah? Pertwee plays Wurzel Gummidge. Yes, let's get to Wurzel Gummidge then, because you're so fucking hard on that. Now, it's funny you should say that, Paul, because... Did you get funny feelings from Aunt Sally? No, yes, but... You know, they, they didn't get on. They did weren't lovers. Did you stroke it and go... Do you know Aunt... Did your little Willie do... Do you know Aunt Sally wasn't... Did your little they weren't Willie, lovers. Did your little Willie do a little... Uh, it didn't do did, a little did, wee-wee, did, no. Did your, did your little Willie do did a little words of gummit? No, all I don't, over no your it didn't. Belly. No. Confusing. But funnily enough, Paul, you know I brought that horseshoe and the horse foreskin stuff Yeah. Up. That's actually known as... It's funny I found this out. It's not funny. Like, you it's, found it out. I found it out. It's just, you found it out. It's actually, you know what that stuff is called? The infected wax, sort of waxy stuff that comes out of a horse's... Uh, oh, yes, go on. It's, no, it's called gummage. Gummage, It's is actually it? called gummage. Horse gummage, well, that why it. he's called Wurzel Gummage, yeah. then? He, he's, the Scarecrow is named after rancid horse spunk. Yes, because they get that a lot around Scarecrows. They use it to mould the straw together. Because it's got waxy Farmer qualities. Giles? Oh, he's out in the field getting some Wurzel Gummage Do you know, going. like, whale ambergris? It's almost like a horse ambergris that they use. You can't sell that. Fish. You couldn't get it much for that. real bad. Yeah, you couldn't <laughs> sell that. I've got some real money-making stuff I've got horse you. fucking cock pus. And on Antiques Roadshow today, we're sitting down with Eli Silverman. What have you brought along with us today? I've got this huge chunk of fucking waxy horse pus from its cock. Mm. I can tell it's, a, it's from 1976. It's a, it's a steed. I got me, I think, I think we can trace this back to Lord Ha-Ha, the I horse see that won the coming. Grand National. I didn't see that coming. The now, expert tasting a little bit. Now, how much did you get this for? Well, I wouldn't sell it. Can it's I just been in the family that? for I years. Sell, I would never sell it. No, I couldn't do that. Because uh, this is worth uh, £4.50 if you oh. sold it at market today. If you got three quid, I'll give it to you now. I'll give you three quid. I hate quid, the smell though. of it. Here we it's, go. Here's three it's quid. It's been in my hall. Here's three quid. Why that amuses me, the expert having a taste for fucking waxy discharge, like ladling fucking oh. globulates of it oh. out his throat. Anyway, that's the noodle doodle man. No, hang on. Also, wanted one or two more points on that noodle doodle man. Yeah, is there much more to say? We've got a little bit of information to go on there because yeah. look, look at his hat. He's a doodle, he's so a he's, chef. he's he's a chef, isn't he? And that, yeah, that ties into the food thing. Doesn't and it? interestingly, the character was rebranded in the eighties to be more animated, and it was uh, drawn more vividly as as a chef. More chef like. And they used Yankee Doodle as the tune to that noodle one. Doodle doodle. I remember that one. And it's half animated, half live action, half model stuff. It's. I'll put a link on the website. You'll see a video from it. I'll put an advert up for those. All right, last track of oh, this. Can I just say one last no? thing? No, one last thing about Quick. the noodle doodle. Man. What I did enjoy was that, that whole uh, novelty record, children's record trope of using sound effects. So they used a train or that. something and a thing on yeah. the first side. Well, well, thank they you They should have that. had more of that on the, on the flip, shouldn't I would they? Have, well, I'd rather it be nothing but that. Sound effects Just three on the minutes flip. of non-stop him, him, collateral it, sound effects. I wanted him on the moon going, oh, I'm the noodle doodle man on the moon. And then go, <laughs> oh, I'm scared I'm floating away <laughs> into the stars. <laughs> like a Bowie song. Yeah. Noodle doodle man in our space. Sounds like early Bowie, doesn't it? It does. I'm the noodle doodle man, and I come from a noodle doodle can on the moon, and a spoon and a tune in Boone, something like that. He lives with his mum. He's the noodle man in Croydon, living out there. When he looks at the papers, don't come round here, Daddy boy. Yeah, that's right. He came round there. Right, the last track on this splatter spectacular. I wasn't aware of it. That's the problem. Last track on the Splatter Spectacular. Now, this may sound very familiar, and it is, but it isn't. Here is the next track. It's called Superstar by... 
Linda Murdoch. No. Lydia Murdoch. Well, better. Eli, it took me a minute to figure out what was going on, but you said this was what they call a a response song or an answer song or an answer record. Yes, but it's also a copy record. It is. It's almost a spoof record as well. Because if you didn't notice, it was a response song to Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Billie Jean famously is the girl who has, it gets pregnant, uh, but... uh, He reckons it's not his. He reckons it's not his. So it's it's ripe for an answer from the female point of view, isn't it? Really? And this is it. This is Billie Jean singing, isn't it? Saying, what does she say? What's she says, point? I'm Billie Jean at some point. So yeah, it's but explicitly what does she say? an answer record. Yeah, but what does she say in the song? Does she say, it is your kid? Yeah. Actually. Yes. And soup, the superstar of the title is obviously... Jacko. Michael Jacko. But I think at the time, the sort of misogyny of that track if you like, was sort of tempered in people's minds. Oh, of Billie Jean? Yeah. Is it a misogynist song? Yeah, he's basically saying, fuck off. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you play about, so I don't know if it's I mine. I don't know. I've, you know I'm, I I'm was just in the queue. Around. You're just some other girl. You know, I mean, at the time, I was obsessed with that whole album. Yeah. That album, Thriller, yeah. is deservedly, you know, the greatest seller of all time because it's got like three or four of like the most catchy songs Here's of the whole the thing, era. Though. On one on one LP. My problem with Michael Jackson, outside of the great music, is that he's playing characters in his songs that I just don't fucking buy. Well, that's it. That's a good point, isn't it? Bad Jean? and beat it. And it's like, they're really good pop songs and they're really good, but like, I don't buy you as a fucking bad boy, mate. Yeah, you're well, not that's the bad it, boy from the wrong side of tracks. What you're saying totally speaks to the point I was just trying and to I'm make. And I'm not like yeah. shitting on his music at all. I'm just saying it was weird for me to have his character like when he's highly sexualized and you know he's doing that. And it's like it's kind of weird that you're expressing yourself as this character on stage and in these songs when in your private kind of public life you're coming across as quite meek and held back and reserved. Yes, and- but I think it helped him to not get more backlash. For that song in particular, Billy Jean. But this was this that music was right before his monkey phase, fairground in his house kind well, of thing. Well, and it's the right? record that made him from just a big pop star to like the, the huge. But he had solo hits before, like big solo hits before that off off the wall, didn't they, and stuff? Yeah, but they weren't. They weren't. That was just they weren't like. No, as they big. weren't huge, huge. But they were thrillers big. when it went huge, huge. Yeah. What was the big track? Uh, what was the big one off? Um, Can't stop till you get enough. Did I, did I That's not even off that album, isn't it? No. Oh, it's a standalone. Is it? So that's not been on any album. I don't think it has. You might, I mean, I might. I don't know. I believe not. Yeah, that's a great 
That's a, a classic hook. Yeah, but that's the great. tune, I've got like the seven, seven minute, 12 inch oh, version of disco. it. It does get tyson. On the Ghostbusters soundtrack. It gets tyson. It has one of the versions of the Ghostbusters soundtrack has Disco Inferno on because a lot of the early versions. Tramps. Of, yeah, yeah. Didn't have that on that soundtrack. And it was only in a re release in like, but, the last 20 years they stuck that on. But However, it was in the original film. It's in the film. Yeah. It's in the party scene with Lewis Great Tully. Song. I like that song. However, the version they put on is the fucking 12 minute version of Disco Inferno. And fuck off. Yeah. I mean, as you said, there were 12 minutes for one reason, to allow the DJ time to fucking yeah. get a blowjob, take coke or go for a slash. And no one cared because everyone was off their faces anyway. On coke, yeah. And booze and everything. You know? Yeah. They used to do quaaludes and stuff. It wasn't just the... Everything was more... Quaalude to a dream. Uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fuck off we're not we're not fucking writing jokes for some kind of BBC impression Mock show the week. Okay? Like, things fucking people would say with an apple in their mouth <laughs> oh very well done but you what Dennis. it wasn't an apple but was a round sphere of horse gummage and the next round is the what would people say and here's the first one what was Obi-Wan Kenobi say if he was in a queue uh, use the force. <laughs> <laughs> now I mock the Uyghurs another fucking round. I fuck off. All right, them. fine. We're not here to talk about that or Michael Jackson. Anyway, answer songs. Answer songs. Thank We're getting you. back to it. So I'll just read this thing from Wikipedia, which talks about it, because I didn't know it was a thing properly. Well, if you think about it, it still lives to the present day. Like in, rappers in, in rap. Yeah. yeah, they call them uh, diss tracks. Diss tracks in the hip hop are sort of yeah, repl- are... call and response. But you looked it up, and funnily enough, they started back in the jazz age. Right? It says here, an answer song, response song, or answer record is a song made in answer to a previous song, normally by another artist. The concept became wise spread in blues and R&B in the songs recorded in the 1930s to the 1950s. Answer songs were also extremely popular in country music in the 50s and 60s. Of course. Most often as a female response to an original hit by a male artist. And that's what this is. Exactly like yes, that. But a they genre. say the original Hound Dog song sung by Big Mama Thornton reached number one in 1953 and there were six answer songs in response to that. One of them was Bearcat by Rufus Thompson which reached number three. But however, that led to a successful lawsuit for $35,000, which is said to have led Sam Phillips of Sun Records to sell Elvis Presley's recording to RCA. Oh, that's one of that's another one I play regularly in my hit rock and roll. Elvis's Hound Dog is a fa- is fantastic record. So diss tracks actually has a completely different entry here. It's a type of it's a subgenre of song type that is almost there from the beginning of sort of recorded pop music it seems. I mean, it's weird because in this case it's like a fictional character talking to a fictional character. Yes. And I guess there's some of that there, but like in rap, it's deeply personal because they're named and yeah, shamed. Yeah, they talk about stuff in their, each other's lives and stuff. Yeah. But there is a, there's grey areas, aren't there? Because a lot of the songs that they talk about in that Wikipedia article aren't what I would call answer songs. And also this song, when it comes in, is literally copying That's the, the whole thing. groove of uh, Billie Jean. Do you know what I mean? And do you remember there was another copy record? See, a copy record was quite something quite specific in the R&B era in America because you had records that would only be able to um, penetrate local markets. Right. All the markets were split up. So one state over, some guy who's enterprising could think, this record is huge, uh, you know, across the state line there. I'll just get some singer to make a copy of it and we'll I'll, and I'll release it here. Do you see what I mean? And that went yeah. on all the time. The copy records, literal, just a, a different... But I don't know wh- whether this one charted particularly high. I seem to remember this record from the time. See, I don't yeah. at all. Here's an interesting one as well. There's a, there was an EP in 1992 called Erasure-ish, right? And it was made by Bjorn Again's answer to Erasure's previously made ABBA tribute, ABBA-esque. So Bjorn Again was a knockoff of ABBA. 
and they did a thing called Erasure-S to do a pastiche of Erasure's Aberesque album. I mean, this is getting so... It's getting and there really was, do you remember, inception. on that sort of theme, there was, do you remember Dread Zeppelin? Yes. Who used to just do the all Zeppelin numbers, but with Elvis singing them in, in reggae. Yeah, that's, that's quite the same thing. That's just weird in general. But here's the one I, we were talking about before and I wanted to bring up on the podcast. Yes, so, Big Daddy. Actor Danny Aiello, who appeared oh, yeah. in the Madonna video, Papa Don't Preach, uh, in 86, as the titular Papa in that video. Uh, later that year, he recorded a song called Papa Wants the Best for You, written by Artie Schrock. Because he's the papa. And it says it's a representation of the father's point of view of the song. Weird fucking thing. I feel like Danny Iowa might have had a sort of coke or drink problem at the time. Do you know what I mean? It's no, got, someone it's got just said, about it. here's a way to make a bit of money, Danny. Yeah, why did he need the money so badly? He's doing okay. Know. Was he though? I, I'm not making assumptions about Danny Aiello, but I think he probably was at a bit of a low ebb when he decided to do his own... It's own answer record to a video he'd been in. And the know? thing is, you can tell how noticeable it was by the fact that there's no link to that track in this Wikipedia article. It's just like, it's, that's dead, and dead don't you media. Think, th- talking of Madonna, don't you think people have made answer records to some of her records? I'm sure there must have been an answer to Like a Virgin. Like Al Yankovic does this kind well, of I mean, song, doesn't Yeah, he? but they're, they're, they're parodies. They're not reply songs. But that's what I mean about this blurry area. In its pure form, I think it has to be lyrics that are different but respond to the story told in the first song. Do you see what I mean? Right. That, for me, it has to be that. Not just something where you're copying the style or... You know, it should be. It, this is a response. It's I'm Billie Jean and I am your girl. You know what I mean? It's like the, the uh, problem is that it leans too much on on, on the beats and familiar riff of the, the original song. If it had been, but its not own... all answer songs do that. Yeah, no. Well, a lot of them don't at all. Like a lot of them are just kind of topical or their emotional replies. Like they yeah. said, uh, "Love will tear us apart" is a response to "Love will keep us together" by Neil Sedaka. Right. So that's that. that so it, that's that's totally very, very different. different. Yeah, very yeah. different. So Although, this is sort of isn't a pure answer record. I'd say. I'd say lyrically it is. Well, it says here it is because yeah, but for me it's a copy. It's trying to also sell units on the back of it sounding a lot like Billie Jean. Do you know what I mean? And it's everyone weird, loving though. Billie Oh, okay. Jean. It was a hit, peaking at number 14 go. in the UK in 1983. See, I knew I remembered. Well, she's an American pop singer, but this is the only thing she's known for. So she yeah. might have been a backing singer or something. Yeah. yeah. It's got that feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. But answer records are fascinating. And if I, I find any so. more... We'll bring them in. Yeah. It's, what could we do a replace record to? Like, if there was a song, we could reply to it. Yeah, but then we have to make up a song, and I've, I'm exhausted from all that doing the news bit at the beginning. It sort of taxed me. It taxed you out, did it? It taxed me out. All right, well, let's think of a song. Can we talk about Wurzel Gummidge? Uh, response to Tub Thumping. Yeah. I get back oh. up and I have a glass of water and, and then I go to bed early because it's work in the morning. I don't go And you out. can put me down. Yeah, I'll I'm, get knocked down. I'm fucked. I'm fine That's with it. it. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Fucking, I'm, fine I'm with out. It. Cold. <laughs> I'll get knocked down. Thank you very much. I'm asleep now. Bye. 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 I'll get knocked down. Oh, I have to go to hospital. It was quite serious, actually. But then, you know, I, you know, I got knocked up. So I got down again. And I squirted a baby out. No, I mean, that's jumping further along the line. Of Nine that months house. later, I squirted a baby out. You'll be screaming. When your water breaks, oh. you'll be screaming. But um, bub, 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 bub. She gets a positive, and she gets up a bump. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, mate. I don't know. I either. can't figure a way I'm, to end all this. All I'm thinking about is scoffing huge, hot chunks, chunkuses of horse garbage out right, there. And that's all we've got time for. Well, it's about time for to say goodbye. We're reaching the end of our Radio Cheap Show show today. But we've you know splatter- what we have to do, Paul? We have to rank the splatters and the spectacular. We have to rank the splatters and the Wait, patterns, so let's the do it. spectaculars. Let's do it after this jingle.
Okay, Paul, we had four tunes on the on the show today, starting with in the Hall of the Mountain King by yes. Nero and the Gladiators. For you, platter or splatter? I'm going to call that a platter. It's enjoyable to mine ears. I loved it, actually, and it's a proper platter from me. It's a platter. What a great stock. Great mate. Don't do that. Fuck you. I'll do what I want. After that, we had some great folk music, Paul, from Mike Mavan and his songs for Lucy on the uh, Open University label. Well, I'm going to have to break your heart, mate, and say that that wasn't for me. I'm going to give that a splatter. Really? A little bit too creepy. Don't like daddy chanting songs. It's weird. I like the whole chanty, creepy, Uh, folk horror aspect of it with the nostalgia. So definitely, definitely a platter for me. And it's a splatter from me. Okay, one splatter from you so far. Oh, dear. Let's see what's next. Uh, then we had uh, I'm the Noodle Doodle Splatter. Man. Let's not splatter. talk about Piece Splat- of that. shit. Splat it. I mean, in- lovely thing in terms of nice little bit of ephemera. Intolerable music. Intolerable music. Splatter for us. Intolerable music. Daddy Brander. <laughs> Can you see me now, Daddy? <laughs> Lastly, Paul, yes. on... Uh, Keep the energy Platter Splectacular. Oh, we didn't do the Bumble one. Platter Caracula. Bumble Apple Knocker. I'm also oh. giving that a platter. For the other one we had was Apple Knocker. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, be Bumble and the Stingers. I'm giving that a platter. A uh, platter for me. I yeah. really like that stuff. Very Easy. Good. Then, lastly, we had Answer Stroke Copy Record. Yes. Uh, Lydia Murdoch with her answer song to Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Now you're running out of energy, mate. <laughs> Finish your sentence. Superstar by Lydia Murdoch. Murdoch. I am going to have to unfortunately give that a splatter. It doesn't register with me. It doesn't register in my soul. It's not unfortunate. It's a fucking piece of cynical shit. Didn't like it at all. Well, that's it. Well, a nice bumper crop of tracks. Thank you for bringing it along this week. Now, it's nearly time for us to go, but remember, if you want to get in touch with us, it's thecheapshow at gmail.com. Everything else you might want to know of us is on our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. Links to pages, merch, videos, all sorts of stuff, and tickets for the live show. Come join us August 13th if you want to support this podcast on Patreon, and that would be lovely if you did. Love it. Absolutely love that, love that, love that. Go to patreon.com forward slash cheap show but only give what you can if you can can i say my twitter handle i'm yes. sick of you talking at the cheap show pod at paul gannon show and eli is eli snoid you spell that e-l-i-s-n-o-i-d thank you very much and for we'll see you next time on cheap show radio i'm off to get a lot of gummage out of my pipe eli bring forth the q-tip oh i'm gonna scoff your gummage <laughs>